Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From the electricity in the stadium to the highlight reel plays, there's nothing quite like Dolphins football, and this season you can be there live to cheer them on. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection of seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. And we heard from Jacoby Brissett at the end of the first hour there. Some interesting comments from Dolphins QB2 talking about this Buffalo defense, how they were just coming after him. That's kind of how the Buffalo defense is. He said that's what they do. But he also had another comment there that kind of piqued our interest I don't refer to myself as a backup quarterback. Seth, what are your thoughts on that comment? Yeah, Jacoby don't Brissett? be calling him QB2, Travis. I don't know that you want to you get caught in the hallway saying that to him over at the Baptist Health Training Complex. No, so two things stood out to me. One was I did not sense any panic in his voice, right? That's a veteran that's been around, that's lost games, that's won games, that understands there is more football to be played here. This is different than last year where you get knocked out of the playoffs and embarrassed on the way to do, you know, doing so. Uh, so. So I think that that's what you want to hear from your leaders, whether he is going to be starting next game or not. He is a guy that we heard all training camp that, that younger guys are looking up to. And, and so when a, when a leader comes in and is calm and says, let's just go correct the things that need to be corrected, let's, uh, let's remember the things that worked well and enhance those, I, I think that that is good. That's what you need from leadership. Uh, the, but the second thing is exactly what you said. He says, I don't consider myself a backup quarterback. I don't take that as, oh, there's a quarterback controversy now. You know, I, I, somebody may run with that. That's a, that's a sexy thing to talk about. I don't see that at all. I just think he looks at himself as a guy who is a capable starter in the National Football League, and, and that's what I want. Yeah. I don't want a backup quarterback to come in, and he's scared, and he get, looks across the line, and you see fear in his eyes, and it's a deer in the headlights, and you don't know if you can win a game. You want a backup that goes in and believes in himself, right, Juice? Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody should consider themselves 1A and 1Bs. You know, if you're, if you're worth anything, you should feel like you should be starting out there too. And I think that's more what I got from than anything. He's been a starter in this league, you know, from his years, you know, the one year in New England, the, the years in, in Indianapolis and being here. So it's a great situation that we have. You know, some teams don't have a guy that's ever – have the backup guy that's never had a snap in the league. So we've got a guy that's got that NFL experience, and I think that has to be his mentality. I'm sure he prepares every game like he's going to be in there after the first snap. He has to. Your backup guy has to do the same preparation that, you know, the, 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 your starter does without the physical reps. You get more of the mental reps a lot of times. But Coach even said in his presser that Brissett's had a lot of work with the, with the number one receiver. So there's no excuse for or anything for, uh, for him not to be, go out there and be successful. But I like that mentality. And I think the locker room is going to feel the same way. You know, two is our guy. But we know that we can count on Jacoby to come in there and make some plays for us. And I think that's going to be the case. Who knows how long two is going to be out, you know. No, no fractures through x-rays. We'll see what the MRI says. But no matter what, Jacoby Brissett is our starting quarterback right now as we look at it because he's the guy to finish the game right there. Well, well tell us about that. What can you expect from Tua coming off the rib injury? Because, you know, MRIs are, are – ne- or the x-ray, I should say, is negative. MRI coming tomorrow – what is it like dealing with that as a player, Juice? Obviously, as a receiver, you're going to go over the middle of the field. Yeah. I'm sure you've ran to Ray Lewis a couple times in the middle of the field. But as a quarterback, just kind of sometimes you're you're in a position where you're liable. You're just you're at the offensive line's mercy in terms of the the, the pass rush and the guys coming in. So with the hip with the hip in, or not hip injury rather the rib injury, man, how does a quarterback approach that when he knows he's a little bit banged up in that area? Well, the bottom line is there's nothing you can really do about it. You know, as a as you, you there's no treatment. They're going to do some some stem and some ice and try to 
you know, handle some you know, inflammation. It's, it's a pain thing. You know, with the ribs, you know, not even if they're not fractured, it's a, you can't breathe with, with the rib situation, you know, and they're going to try to protect it as much as possible. You know, probably going to be some injections. Unfortunately, that's part of this game, and sometimes they abuse that, the injections. Um, but at the same time, though, man, I mean, what can you do right there? I, I just feel bad, you know, because if, if he could have came back in this game, then you, it would tell you how severe the injury is. I think the pain's going to get worse. Because when you get it during the game, it's more adrenaline and you start, you're good to go. But by the time he goes to lay down tonight, you know, it's going to be – it's going to be hell, man. It really is, man. And then the breathing part of it is one of the worst things you can do. Um, you know, I, I was talking a little bit. I've, you know, I've had some injuries where it's so much pain that you feel like almost a heartbeat in there. And Seth was talking about it during the break, something that JT went through. Man, it's some of these injuries, and especially those like, like that – they're tough to deal with, and people just don't get it. It's like, oh, it's just the ribs. You can cover it up. Get banged in your ribs. Get a broken rib or broken cartilage, <laughs> and then try to breathe walking up and down your steps and see how, how, how little pain there is. I can still write a press release, you know, if, uh, with my ribs all busted <laughs> up, Juice. But here, so here's the question, though. Does it matter what side of the body is it? You know, as a left-handed quarterback, do you think it matters what side of the body it's on or a rib injury is a rib injury and that, you know, the, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm just curious. Kind of, well, I know. That's a, that's a great point because, honestly – I mean, you think about it. If you're a defensive guy, I might come, I might come blitz from the, the rib side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to hit him on this side and see how much, how much he can take of it, you know. It really doesn't matter. Cause I think more than anything is the breathing because everything's going to expand. And, uh, you know, instead, we just talked about it, with, you know, just a second ago. Even sleeping becomes a problem. Breathing, become, walking becomes a problem when it comes to ribs, man. And so um, – I, you know, I just hope that x-rays have already come back negative. I hope the MRI doesn't show anything bad. But bottom line is it's going to be painful for a long time. Well, it's a really good thing that Jacoby Brissett sees himself as a starting quarterback, <laughs> if that's the case. So, But I guess that, that remains to be seen. But you just said something about, you know, you made a joke about blitzing him to the rib side. And I had a question for you. So we heard Dave Hyde there in the interview ask Jacoby a question about, did they blitz you? Did, they f- did you feel like they were blitzing you differently than they did early in the game? And, and Jacoby kind of laughed off the question and said, well, I pretty much started the early, early in the game. But we talked about this off air. That first drive, Tua was blitzed twice early, got sacked both times. And, you know, I asked you, uh, who's that on? Is there a responsibility of the quarterback to, to sense that pressure even pre-snap and make an adjustment? And you made an interesting point, Juice, about what that says about the opposing team's game plan when they're going to attack a quarterback early like that uh, with, with the blitz. Right, right. Our inability to protect, you know, against the blitz, our inability to have a back that can step up and take on a big linebacker or a blitzing linebacker, it's going to be it's going to be replicated. It's going to be a, it's a copycat league. They're going to continue to do that those things. And until we can and make it work, if we can fix those problems, they're going to continue to come at us. You know, I don't care how good our guys are on the outside. You look at drops and, and bad passes and stuff like that. Most of the time, that's due to pressure. You know. You see other guys back there. I'm looking at some of these other quarterbacks with all this time in the world to sit there and pat it, pat it, pat it, and find an open guy or be able to escape and find an open guy. You know, until the Dolphins can figure out this blitz problem or this, this front four problem, this protection problem, we're going to get it every single week. And Buffalo didn't even wait to start doing this, Travis. They started right away with Tua. And you know what? They said this, they, we've got, they've got the same offensive line in front of Jacoby. They've got the same running backs trying to pick us up. We're going to do the exact same thing. You know, they weren't worried about either quarterback beating them in the blitz situation. And uh, that's, a, that's a problem. Until they can fix that up front, that's a huge problem. Until we can fix it on our side of the ball. How do you fix it? it man, it's, it's, uh, that's a great question. We got yeah, guys. A lot more in our opinion to, pick it, to get that yeah, answer. That, yeah, they, yo, come on, man. We got a two-hour <laughs> postgame. Or it should be fixed, right? What do you think? That's why I asked the question. <laughs> Of protecting their QB ones, we got two QB ones. That's you know? right. We got to. We got. They got to take pride in protecting them, man. Even the backs, everybody's involved. And I saw a couple times we had to bring in Gasicki and almost go max protect. Now when you go max protect, you got two or three guys on the pattern with six guys in coverage. We can't. You can't win games like that. 
you know. So, I mean, we've got to figure it out up front with the front five. And until the front five can figure it out, we we got big problems. And th- there were some instances where Gasicki was on the sideline while Seathan Carter and Durham Smythe and even Adam Shaheen were getting snaps. So, I'll be curious to see the snap counts for Gasicki. He had a moment there in the second quarter. He was really eating, but I kept seeing him go to the sideline over to his bag and kind of looking for towels and just not in the game at some point, Seth. So uh, I was just going to say, and, and you're right, I mean, that was the case, and I don't know how much of that is where they're trying to bring in guys who are more – and by the way, Mike's response, his reaction to the blocking question uh, in the media availabilities this week was, <laughs> was really interesting. But, but maybe guys who are more known for blocking, they're in the NFL because of the, the quality of blocking that they bring to the tight end position. I, I imagine that whole max protect concept was important. But Mike was more involved with the game plan. That was a major concern, particularly of yours, Juice. I don't know if it was just a Penn State thing. Oh, we yeah. have one of your major playmakers who, who did not have a catch in the season opener. Uh, much more productive. I'm sure he would rather come away with the win today than, than three catches for sure. 41 yards. But I, I, you gotta, you know, if we're looking for positives here, you got to be a little bit encouraged that they were able to get him more involved. He had three for 41 today. I want to come back and talk about both him and Jalen Waddle on the other side. And we're going to try to find a drive to talk about for the drive of the game as well. But two more quick points I want to make to you guys before we get out of here for this break. There was two plays to me that were really indicative of how this game was going to go. And it was early on for both quarterbacks. And it was an RPO look where Tua tried to find a slant to Devontae Parker. The very successful play they saw last week, right? The one that kind of put the game away in that fourth quarter drive backed up against their own goal line. He throws a quick rip to Parker. They convert, get out of there with a victory. The Bills squatted on that route today, on that first play from Tua, and that's where the pressure got there. He didn't have the quick outlet, takes a sack. Jacoby comes in, and it was another one of those plays where they motion someone across the formation, and he fakes to the flat, and Jacoby's all of a sudden in this like open stance, OJ, where his hips are open to the receiver, and he's trying to like side cock that ball around the guy. And he just It looked like Buffalo knew it was coming, and the Miami Dolphins are going to have to find a way to react to that information being out there on tape against this offense. Now, we'll come back and talk about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Again, the final score... Dolphins 0, Buffalo 35 here from Hard Rock Stadium. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead. And we're going to go ahead and hear from Xavier Howard here in just one second, who actually is the man who kind of spearheaded our drive of the game today. Let's go ahead and hear from Xavier Howard's interception in the game today. Second and 15 now, back at the 16-yard line of Buffalo. Allen's got an empty backfield, trips to the right. Three on the play clock, two, one. Just got it off. Back to throw, looking. Oh, X picked that off. Intercepted. What a great interception by Xavier Howard. His first of the year. After leading the NFL with 10 a year ago, he steps in front of a receiver and makes a great catch. He had to go down low to get it. What an interception. We we watch X-Man save the game a week ago and another big takeaway for the Dolphins defense and the X-Man. So Xavier Howard, his first interception of the season last week, got his first forced fumble and fumble recovery to go off of 10 picks a year ago and a forced fumble in that great 2020 season. The drive of the game coming up. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Cespresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. And guys, this drive of the game, usually offensive, but when you don't score any points, we're going to have to look at the defense, and that was the drive of the game for the Miami Dolphins, ending in an Xavier Howard interception up against Stephon Diggs. And there was, let's see, one, two, three, four, four, five plays on that drive. The second and 15 play, the Dolphins get a pick and get the ball back in scoring range. Unfortunately, cannot do anything with it there. But Xavier Howard, guys, and, and one of my points here in this game, or this this drive, this kind of game, was last year, it was Noah Igbenogany matching up on Stephon Diggs after Byron Jones went down early in that game. And you look at the kind of athletic profiles of these cornerbacks. Xavier Howard's he didn't blow the doors off the combine in a way that would tell you he's a plus athlete. And so with Stephon Diggs, maybe you put your more agile, mobile guys in that position. But today, I thought Xavier Howard juice against Stephon Diggs, man, that was good on good. Yeah, he he is the man. He he really is. Needs um, he, he's proved it over and over again. We talked about you know the contract extension, how it's uh, how it's warranted. But I mean, that's what you want. What you have to do in this league. You know, with, especially within your division, is if they got a couple of receivers, you got to make sure you got a couple of good co- cover guys. And we got a couple of really, really good cover guys when it comes to Byron and X. But X, man, he he 
he thrives against the best receiver on the other team. You know, I thought, you know, so I think Jason Taylor, was it? Oh, it might have been, no, it's either Jason or Channing maybe in the pregame show. We're talking about, you know, a, a marriage. You know what I mean? I want him. I want him to shadow, put a ring on him. Cause I want him to be married to him. That sounds all, like a Channing. Yeah, all, yeah I, mean, married, I can't confirm it, but that sounds like yeah, some. I think it was Channing in the pregame show. I want him married to Stephon Diggs all all game. You know what I mean? Put a ring on it. You know, and um, he's up to the task all the time. That was that was an incredible pick. If nothing else, it would be a PBU. You know, not an interception right there. To, to make that play, we celebrate there, that great yeah, play. Yeah, right? it was a great play, and he does it every every week for us, man. You know, we just need more from more people. X can't be the guy that, you know, especially on that side of the ball. You can, can you can do so many things on offense, but you got you can. I mean, on defense, but you can control the game on offense. And uh, X is that you know that that dude that showed better hands than anybody on our team today. Unfortunately, can we talk some more about that, Juice? I mean, you know, you were talking the drugs machine. You were saying that earlier, and and yeah, you can go back and work on the drugs, and you should. You should work on technique and everything else. But that doesn't replicate the game speed and somebody breathing down your neck and everything. But, uh, you know, you said that it can be contagious. But it's tough to watch that. And you see, I'm not saying it was an easy catch, Devontae Parker in the end zone, but, boy, if he hauls that in and we've seen him do it before, maybe it's a different game at that point. Albert Wilson had a couple of drops, and, and we were so excited about Albert yeah. in training camp. What needs to happen here for these guys to start looking those balls in and, and making those plays? Yeah, it's man, I always talk about hands. Catching the ball is all about confidence, bro. You know, and, and some guys, you know, ex, I mean, uh, Devontae doesn't drop that pass. He, he usually doesn't drop that pass. So that's going to be corrected. That's an easy high point ball, no, no pressure, nobody. I mean, he mistimed his jump. I don't know what happened there, but usually he brings that pass down. So we'll give him a, we'll give him a, a hall pass on that one, even though it was a big drop. But for Albert, I just worry about his confidence right now. You know, having the COVID year off last year in 2020, coming back, you know, who knows what – he had a hell of a camp going in like you talked about, but then he got a little banged up again. Now he's back trying to get back in the mix. He's got to get that confidence back that he had when I saw him and Jakeem Grant racing each other down the field. You know, that's the Albert Wilson that we know we can we have, but we got to get it back from him, man. So when they're working in the middle, and it takes a special dude to work in the middle. It really does because people are coming from from all angles. So the catch, catch it becomes a little bit of a problem for some guys. But you got to know you're going to get popped anyways. Not like I used to get popped because it's the rules have changed, <laughs> you know. And just make the catch and start making plays. So he's got to get the confidence in his head to, that'll translate to his hands, man. It's and those were plays head. in space. Those yeah. were not high not, traffic. Not contested. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and even tough passes. What I saw a couple times, too, was a ball that might have been a little bit behind him. But quarterbacks see what's in front of you. Right. So if they throw one a little bit behind you, I'm thinking it's to protect me. So turn my body around, catch it, get upfield. Hmm. You know, so he, he had catches that he 1,000% should have made. Um, and a lot of times when you have those drops, especially our 0 for 4 on third down situations, those are game changers. They, they change the game. They change the game, especially when the team turns around and we get zero points and they go down and get seven. So it could be, a, what, a 10-point swing or a 14-point swing. Either way, you know, so it's a, it's a tough deal, man. So confidence. These guys should have the confidence during the NFL, uh, but sometimes they – so lack of confidence, and that's unfortunate, and that's what happened today a lot of times. One of the things that gets me is, did Buffalo have any drops today that you can recall? Because we, we had a classic South Florida rainstorm, mm -hmm. and right about you know second quarter or so, it just started coming down, and it was off and on throughout the day, as it typically is here in the afternoon this time of year. I don't think Buffalo had any drops, if not more than one or two. And, and so for Miami to have that many when they practice in this stuff, I mean, back in OTAs, what was the big story when two had a, a, you know, a handful of interceptions in a practice and a torrential downpour, that was all anybody was talking about. But you're out there, you practice through that stuff, you think that the conditions would be in your favor when you're playing at your home field, but that wasn't the case today. And I thought the, the big story here, and kind of looking at the drive of the game and some of the drive logs here, Dolphins had drives start at the minus 42, the plus 24, and then Waddle's muffed fumble was right, or muffed punt rather, was right around the 40-yard line as well. So that's three drives where number one drive, you're already in field goal range. Two drives, you're a first down or two away from being in field goal range. I mean, Seth, that's a worst-case scenario. That could be a 14-9 game there if you're just not making those mistakes at halftime. Well, right. That's what we started off at the top of the show and saying that is that, look, Buffalo put up 35 points. You know, we're not excusing that away. And, and, and again, some of those things that happen late, I think uh, you got to take into consideration uh, the circumstances. But they, they came out, they punched us in the mouth, scored 14 points early. But this team was in position yeah. to put points on the board and didn't. 
And I just think that, you know, the talent level, you, you can't leave points uh, on the board like that. You can't. Those opportunities that are missed, and, and especially this team is not one that has proven yet that they can hit the 70-yarder at this right. point in time. You know, we, we hope that there are guys on this, on this roster that can do it. We believe that there are guys on this roster, but we haven't seen it happen yet. And when that kind of pressure, you know, maybe you don't have the time to sit back and wait for a guy to get open and hit him 60 yards down the field. And so when you're dinking and dunking and trying to get 10 yards here and five yards here and eight yards there, and you finally get in a position to score, you got to put points on the board. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, honestly, you know, those – Early 14 were, were, were tough on our team. Our defense actually settled down. I think the biggest thing, what I took away was after the half, Buffalo went right down the yeah. field and scored another touchdown. And that, for me, knowing our inability to move the football was kind of the nail in the coffin. I know yeah. we were talking about the game. Some people were talking about game was over. And me always. It was right me. Now, it not, was me. No, no. <laughs> no. I've had other people like, somebody said, this, I got a text, oh, there's always next year. Like, the season's over. Oh, you know what I mean? Well, not so just ridiculous. the game. You know what I mean? That's I what people need to take. Just chill out. Football's an emotional take a sport, deep breath. It's an emotional sport, but golly, there's 15 games left. That me crazy. How many times do I have to say that today? So people need to just, just relax. But that third quarter opening drive for Buffalo – you know, the, the eight plays, 75 yards, was, it, was, it was critical, especially considering how, how the, the inability we had to move the football going to that point. But that's my point, Juice. If you, if you score, whether it's the three field goals, if you have three, six, nine, whatever it is, if you have some points on the board, I don't know that you react the same way yeah. as you do when you fall behind 21 nothing. Does it, does it help the proverbial levy not break in the way it did? Because, I mean, we talked about this. Their, I think Buffalo's first two drives were touchdowns. They went seven consecutive possessions without points. Right. If you do that against Buffalo, you think you're coming out of here with a victory because right. typically in a game there's about 11, 12 possessions. <laughs> this game was way longer than that, a marathon of a game with like 15 or 16 possessions on either side. But when you come off the, off the field juice after – getting that fourth, that fifth, that sixth stop in a row, and the offense continually cannot move the ball. At some point, don't but you just kind of say they moved the ball. It, <laughs> they couldn't finish, punch it finish in. Finish, point, yeah. finish the drive for sure. Do, do you come, does the defense come onto the field thinking like, I, mean, I don't want to say like what's the point, but at this point, like nothing we do is good enough. <laughs> yeah, they're pissed off. They are. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, man. You know, bottom line, do your job. You know what I mean? And offense, you know, was not doing their job. And, you know, and then defense at the end couldn't do their job. So then it looks like a, you know, a worse game than it really was. Complimentary football. Exactly right. We're talking <laughs> yeah, about that a little bit, possible. right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating when sometimes we played when, you know, we go down and score, seven play drive, 80 yards, and then we come back and defense gives up three plays, 80 yards right back on them, you know. It's, 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 it's kind of been that way for this team. Last week, defense was able to hold it in there. The offense were able to take advantage of some situation. This week, different story. Defense did a, a pretty good job at the beginning, but then they're, they're done. They're done. They're, they're frustrated. They're tired. They still need to sit in there and do their job. And under Brian Flores, this is traditionally a team that gets better as the year goes along. They'll have that work cut out for them here in week number three and year number three under Brian Flores. Again, your drive of the game is a defensive one. Five plays. It ends in Xavier Howard's first interception of the year off of Josh Allen in coverage on Stephon Diggs. The Lexus drive of the game is brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Buffalo 35, Miami Zero. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560 FM 99.9 HD2 The Joe WQAM. is here and so is your chance to experience the thrilling Dolphins football live and in the stands as the official marketplace of the NFL Ticketmaster has got you covered with the largest selection of seats of any ticketing marketplace don't miss any of the action grab your tickets now at ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins and we're going to go ahead and throw now to audio from Dolphins star cornerback Xavier Howard had the big play of the game you know in a tough game the biggest play of a 35-0 uh, defeat that you can have he finds an interception to come off of last year's double digit pick season let's go ahead and go to Xavier Howard now at his post game press conference That was good you know I look up I look for the matchup every week so you know um 
obviously he did, he did a good well. His team did a good job. They won, so. Like a funeral. You know, it's football, man. You know, we respect each other. Um, after the game, he was like, um, good job and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just about a respect. And what happened on the, the touchdown catch? It looked like he lost his footing, he lost the shoe. What yeah, um, I, I think he had fell. You know, um, Josh Allen being Josh Allen, um, scrambling and um, found him. You know, um, that's what that's what he do. So, you know, I, I was, we was looking forward for that, to him to scramble and throw the ball. So he did that. Like we ain't winning all three phases, and you know we just got to get better each day. You know uh, we take it one game at a time. You know learn, learn what we did, what we messed up this game, and you know, move on. Where's this team's level of confidence in that Jacoby in terms of him being able to lead you to victories? Are we very confident in Kobe, man? Um, you know we talking trash at practice on um, me and Jacoby. You know, um, you know it's a next man up mentality, and you know we just got to do it. He, we gonna um, whatever he he, he leads us to, we are gonna do it. No, I'm not surprised. No, um, just playing against him at practice and you know, um, seeing that from him. So I'm really surprised about what he was doing. Not mean like you guys as a team. No, he wasn't. Juice, Stephon Diggs' team did well. Xavier <laughs> Howard says that. He almost, he almost said he almost gave Diggs some props, right? And they said <laughs> Stephon did. No, then he, no, the team played well. You know, and they talk about the respect they have from each other. I think cause X did a hell of a job against him, man. He had the one long catch at the end, you know. And, and I, you know, sometimes, you know, Seth, I've done it before myself, where I go, we could be up 28 nothing, and I haven't had a big play against a corner that's been talking trash, and you got to find a way to give me the ball. Even though we probably shouldn't throw that, I've had some coordinators give me opportunities still, you know, because I'm pissed off on the sideline right. when our team is winning big, you know. And so – I think that's what X is really talking about. X is probably honestly expecting run at the end of that game, which we all should expect to run. You know, he get he gets a big catch at the end, Stefan does, but X had his number all game long. You know, he showed a little bit of respect. He said they got respect for each other, but at the same time there was a dig on digs at the end of there. That's my opinion. Just a little one. I mean there wasn't a whole lot he could say, right? I mean he, he walked out of here with his head high, but when you lose like that, I guess there isn't too much that he can say. But to your point we don't know what's going on down on the yeah. field. We have no idea what those guys are saying to each other. So whatever Diggs was saying, uh, it, it must have left a bad taste in, in Howard's mouth because he wasn't yeah. giving him any credit. You know what I found interesting was that this team has always played left cornerback, right cornerback under this yeah. defense, and that even goes back to Sam and, and Pat, right? They, yeah. they were on the same side of the field regardless. 10 on 10, 10 on 10. 10 on 10, 10 on 10. Leave me alone. <laughs> but it wasn't the case this time around. I thought I, I'll have to go back and look to be sure, but I'm pretty sure – X traveled on some of the plays because I think on one of the plays that you talked about Stefan having the big catch, I think that came on the opposite side from where he normally aligns. So I'll be curious to get a look at that on tape and see if they just said, hey, X, get, get married to Stefan Diggs like you mentioned. That was yeah. something we talked about Or earlier. if he said it. you or know, if he said it. I, want, I want him, right? I want him, yeah. He, is that possible? Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, he oh, could have yeah. said, look, I'm not, I'm not letting this guy go. Oh, yeah, kind of like in basketball, man. You know, you got a guy out there that's, that's dogging somebody out on the court, you know. You, you got to be the guy that look, like Kobe or Mike. Mike could be like, yo, I got him then. Let me get him, you know. And if you got a guy that, that dominates, and Steph, Stephon had a hell of a season against us last year, I want X to be the, the one that went and got, got paid this year. Fair. I want him to say, I want that guy. I want to shadow this guy. Whether it's in man or zone, but you, gotta, you have to do both. Because you can't just shadow half the time and show that it's man when you shadow or zone when you don't or, or you know, vice versa. You got to shadow the whole time and you can still play zone. You know, but I want, I want Stephon Diggs to see me every single time. And it's like, I had Ty Law that way. Ty Law was in my face the whole damn game, and I got tired of his ass, I you know. Bet. He was tough to deal with, bro, you know. So that's what you want. You want a guy that's – all I got to do is study Stephon Diggs all week. I'm, it's going to be a good week for me. He did say, I look for that matchup every single week, so we'll see who he gets next week in Las Vegas. Maybe it's Darren Waller because they threw the ball to him about 20 times on Monday Night Football <laughs> the other week. I didn't see the today's game with them beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they went after Darren Waller over and over again. And, you know, just looking at Stephon Diggs' stat line here, before – 
the 41-yard reception at the end of the game, which, yeah, I can take or leave that. He had three catches for 19 yards and a touchdown, and he kind of got lost on the touchdown in a sense where it was more the pass rush because Emmanuel Ogba comes in and he he jumped. Why do you jump on Josh Allen? You know he wants to pump fake you. He jumped, and then Josh Allen has the big arm to be able to throw the ball from one sideline to the opposite sideline across the end zone for the touchdown, and that's how that drive ends up in the end zone with 14-point lead for the Buffalo Bills. So a tough break there, but Xavier Howard, you guys mentioned it. Man, he looks good. He looks the part. He looks like the player the Dolphins paid to come back here and be that shutdown corner, along with Byron Jones, who just real quick, Juice, tell me about your Byron Jones breakdown because we were talking about that play where he almost had a pick, but it almost looked like he batted the ball down rather than turn yeah, the hands around and make the man, catch. It wasn't even close to it. It was a, more of a he's playing a little volleyball right there or actually he was trying to block a punt. Byron's got to get confident. He's another guy. <laughs> I see him working all the time. I know he's got jugs machines going at him. That one right there, hand position was terrible, Travis, first of all. And most of the time you go at a ball and it's low with your hands above it, you're going to do exactly what he did, which is pounding into the ground. You know what I mean? He needed to get under there and cradle that thing and, and, and try to make a play right there. Byron's always seems in, in great position, but he's got to turn some of those PBUs into an interception. They have to. It has to change at some point. And if he does, this defense can really take off at that point and become you know, what they want to be ultimately. Let's go ahead and pause for 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. It's time for Dolphins football parties. Take home getting to the next level with hot and delicious Totino's Pizza Rolls. Let's go ahead and get to the rest of the NFL in your Week 2 landscape. Some out-of-town scores here. Let's get the music fired up and go around the NFL here real quickly. On Thursday night, the week started in Washington with the Washington football team taking down the Giants 30-29. to Crazy football game there. Justin Fields comes in for an injured Andy Dalton and takes the Bears to victory 2017 over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The Browns get on the board this season with a 31 21 victory over the Houston Texans. The Rams in Indianapolis get their second win under Matt Stafford. 27-24 over the Colts. The Patriots put it to Zach Wilson with four interceptions. They win 25-6 over the Jets. The Niners, 17-11 winners over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Raiders, 26-17 in Pittsburgh get a road victory there to go to 2-0. The Panthers take down the Saints 26-7 at home. 2-0 for the Panthers and the Broncos improve to 2-0 with a 23-13 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Current game Games in progress. Cardinals trailing the Vikings 24 to 30. The Falcons trailing the Buccaneers 28 to 10 in Tampa Bay. The Cowboys are up at halftime 14 to 11 over the LA Chargers, and the Seahawks up on the Titans 24 to 9 at halftime. With tonight's game coming your way, Chiefs at Ravens. Don't want to miss that one, guys. We talked about the rookies, the first round dra- uh, rookie draft picks for the Miami Dolphins at the end of the last segment. Jalen Waddle Juice finishes this game. Six catches for 48 yards, and he lost a fumble. And it was another one of those plays where the Dolphins were in position to maybe make a play, make something happen for himself there towards the end of the game to get them in pos- – or the end of the first half, I should say, to get themselves in position to make this a football game. He muffs the punt, loses it, goes back to the Bills. What did you make of the Dolphins' first first-round draft pick, Jalen Waddle's performance? He had a tough day. You know, he had a, a, a he did some things right. But I'm going to tell you what. You know, we know what he can do, but at times out there, man, you can see him pressing, trying to make too much happen. You got to let the game come to you a little bit more. You know, I know you know, he, he had eight targets on the six receptions. I think the other two might have been a drop. One was a drop, sure. Um, but then the muff punt, trying to make something happen. You know, most important thing in this game, obviously, is ball security. Uh, but I, what I saw was a young guy out there pressing, trying to show his, you know, his first-round status, uh, you know, uh, 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 gene or whatever it is that you, you want to call it. He's trying to show that he's worthy of that first-round status. But I'm going to tell you what else these guys do. And this is, He looks at the other guys. He looks at Smith in Philadelphia. He looks at Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. He sees all these other guys that he's going to be compared against, and he wants to be out there making plays as well. And I love that about it. I mean, when I was in high school, we, I compared my stats as a running back to Desmond Howard and Robert Smith. Every Saturday morning, we all look, you look at the plain dealer, Big <laughs> Seth, and I'm like, what they do last night compared to what I did last night? These guys are the same way. And I think Jalen Waddle knows that he can make 
plays that can help this team be successful, and sometimes you press. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, and, and I was going to say, Juice, it looked to me like he was pressing, but don't you kind of want a guy that feels like he can be the one that makes the difference or, or gives us a spark or makes the big play that gets, that gets the Dolphins back in the game? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know what I think? The, I think what we're running into here is, you know, you talk about Kasicki, you talk about Albert Wilson, you talk about, you know, Jalen Waddle. you also got Parker. We got guys that feel they all can do that, and when they don't, when they're not involved, you can, you can kind of see it in their body language, man. You know, so I think that you, you want everybody to feel that way, but at the same time, I told you we were up twenty-eight nothing, maybe, and I'm still mad that I'm not getting opportunities. <laughs> everybody wants to go out there and shine, man, and I and I, we do love that part about everybody, man. You know, so yeah, I'm with you. I want a guy. He's getting his looks. He's getting plenty of looks. He's got to make plays, but you know, sometimes, like I said, especially as a young guy, instead of letting the game come to you, you start pressing. I think at times he was pressing. I talked about this all throughout training camp. You know, the the offense in many ways was structured around what this kid does well with some of the motion, the the pre-snap motion, the return motion. We saw them basically scheme up a touchdown for him last week in New England, where he comes across the formation, goes back and catches that ball and finds the pylon. I thought that was a great example of his run after the catch ability and his athletic ability. Now, he had some, you know, I guess lapses in concentration, some moments where it just didn't happen for him today. But I still, at the end of the day, when the ball was in his hands, I just felt the most confidence about this Dolphins offense when he had the football because of his ability to both break yeah. big plays, to, to hang on to the football when he does make those exciting catches down the seam. And, you know, there was, I think it was a third and long, and he catches a screen pass, and he just, he gets it one yard short of the sticks. He finds a way to make guys miss, and it hasn't happened yet. Eventually it's going to, Seth. Eventually he's going to break one of these plays where he, he breaks a tackle and he's off to the races and there's nobody in front of him. Show him your taillights and this place is going to erupt. So it's going to happen. I, I believe it's going to happen and I think it's going to happen often. I, I, I think that that's just what, what we have seen so far. And not only do you think it and I think it, it looks to me like the coaching staff and Certainly. both quarterbacks seem to think it as well because they're finding a way to get him the ball. I mean, he had six receptions last week, six more this week to lead the team in, re- in receptions. They're getting the rock to him. I don't think that's a coincidence. Right. Not, not in any way, shape, or form. Now, the other Dolphins' first-round draft pick, Jalen Phillips, in this game. Now, I, I kind of talked about him on the preview show about how I thought he was going to be a real focal point in this game, Juice, because we talked about this all week long. Pittsburgh really, really frust- flustered Josh Allen with a four-man pass rush. They blitzed one time in that game, and I was so curious to see how Brian Flores might attack this Buffalo Bills offense because what do the Dolphins do? They play, co- they play man coverage, and they blitz you. They're not going to sit back and wait. But they did more of that in this game, and I thought – you know, Phillips and Ogba had a chance to really make their stamp on the game. Did you think they did any of that in this contest? No. No, no, no. They, they, I, I don't think they did. And let's, let's talk about this because don't think that Buffalo didn't look at the film they had last week against Pittsburgh and know they, we got to make some changes. You know, the way that Pittsburgh's able to get at them with the front four and contain Josh Allen, you know, they had to make some changes. So, of course, with, we talked about earlier being a copycat league that our guys would have to do the same thing and our guys couldn't get there because Buffalo made – that adjustment, you know, Phillips and Agba, man, you know, I, I saw a couple of times where one guy was blocking Agba and then, you know, you get some help because there's no help. There's no danger anywhere else. The one-on-ones, you know, when we talk about back in the day, you know, where JT was getting doubled and Etiwale or Trace got one-on-ones, they would take advantage of them. So when, when you got some other guys getting doubled or, or, or got people helping them, we got to win those one-on-one battles. You look at the defensive linemen, they're way better athletes than the offensive linemen are. So how do you not beat them, you know, when a, when a quarterback's back there patting the rock a little bit? So I think that no matter what, those guys up front have to figure out a way to start putting more pressure on quarterbacks in order for us to be successful. Our DBs can guard a guy for two, three, four seconds. When it comes five and six seconds, then we got a problem, you know. And so that's been, that's been the biggest issue uh, so far. Whereas <laughs> our QB1A and QB1B, they had zero time. Our receivers couldn't even get going before they were getting pressure, you know. So that's 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 the difference, man. You got guys that get at quarterbacks right away. Uh, it, it 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 affects the whole point of the game. Everybody always says it. You you hit the quarterback and the whole team feels it. And we you felt it today. You get him down to the ground too, because this is a quarterback that so often gets either in the grasp or gets under pressure, and he just Houdini's his way out of there, whether it's with the size or the athletic ability. I mean, at one point in this game, Juice, they were running straight quarterback sweeps, and he just finds a way to win the edge. He rushed for 35 yards on five carries. 
But passing-wise, it was by far his worst performance going back to his rookie season against the Miami Dolphins. 17 for 33, 179 yards, two touchdowns and a pick and a sack, but a 75.2 quarterback rating. If you get that every week out of this defense, you got to feel good about it. Now, you mentioned the pressure from, from Emmanuel Ogba. Him and Andrew Van Ginkle wind up splitting a sack, so both those guys have a half a sack on the day. But just all things told, all things taken away here, just not enough in this game, Seth, from offensive, defensive, special teams. Just a really out-of-character game from this Miami Dolphins team. Well, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, let's hope it's an anomaly on the schedule this season. I mean, that's – we're at the point now. Obviously, we've got to finish this post-game show, and there's going to be two <laughs> more hours here uh, for, uh, on WQAM. But I'm ready to turn the page. I, I, I do not want to say that this is the mark of this, this year's Miami right. Dolphins team. I don't think it's fair. I think it's too early to say that. It was ugly. It was ugly early and often. Nobody feels good driving home about this right now, but it's over. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we have to start focusing on what's coming up next. Yeah, and you said it best early in the game, uh, early in the show, Big Seth. This is not a typical Miami Dolphins, Coach Flores it's not. team. Troy Stratford, I talked to him earlier today too. He said it feels the same way. We're, we're not seeing the Dolphin team that we're used to seeing. So let's just talk it up like you said. This is a this is a bad day. It was a really bad day, and I would not expect to see this type of performance happen again from the drops, the fumbles, muffs, penalties, all this other stuff that right. happened. I, I don't expect that to happen for this team. Again. And if it does, then that's team. a different conversation. We're very, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the reaction to, to one game always kind of gets me a little bit. It's when you start to make consecutive things that happen or consistency within performances, good or bad, that you begin to believe that those are who you are at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's, that's how this whole league works. Brian Flores talks about consistency all the dang time. And, and so far, this, this team has consistently been sharp. They've consistently been you know low in the penalty count, and they've not made the mistakes that killed them like they did today. But we're going to talk about that in our final segment coming up on the other side here. Again, the final score from Miami, Buffalo 35, Miami 0. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins radio network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Guys, we're going to talk about Las Vegas here in just one second, but I want to go ahead and put these few notes in your ear before we get out of here for this episode because I just continue to think that this was a game that you open the door at 30,000 feet above the surface and drop it out the airplane and say, we'll, we'll go on to the next one. Because nine penalties, 83 yards, those are high watermarks in the Brian Flores era. Devontae Parker dropped a ball in the end zone that is literally what he does better than anybody else in the league. High point, the football and make contested catches went right through his hands. I don't think we'll see that again this season. Albert Wilson drops a third down ball that might have been a touchdown, would have put you in position for first and goal, if not a touchdown. Has another drop later on in the game. Jakeem Grant has a fumble on a play that would have set up a fourth and inches inside the 10-yard line. And with how aggressive this team was, they probably go for it there. And then Jalen Waddle has a drop and a muff punt. So, Juice, I kind of go back to the point in the first segment here. Just punt this ball into the moon and send it to the sunshine and, and get rid of it forever and just move on? Or, or is this something we have to worry about long term? No, I don't think so. And we had uh, a reporter that I truly respect. You know, make a comment about this being an elite group of receivers. It, it is a good, really good elite group of receivers. They had a really bad day as a group. Collectively, they weren't very, very good today. And I, I'm not too worried about, um, you know, ball security in terms of fumbles. That doesn't happen that often with these guys. The drops, we haven't seen a lot of those. Uh, penalties, we never see that with this team. And what Coach Flo said that really had me perplexed is the missed assignments. Usually they're a smart team, too. So, I mean – which, especially with the group that I love the most, the receivers, they had a bad day as a whole, the team did, but the fumbles and drops. I even saw at one occasion Young Waddle lined up on the wrong side. They, there was yeah. just an injury timeout, and we lined up bad, and we had to take another timeout because we lined up coming out of timeout bad. So all that stuff, I don't expect that to happen, you know what I mean, moving forward with this team because Coach Flo would not let that happen. But yeah. well, why why does it happen now though? You know, like how come it happened in this game? I guess is my question because this was the game that you, you uh, kind of, in many ways, you almost kind of yeah. don't you build your team in a way to beat the the top dog in the division? Isn't that kind of the off season's 
idea? Or? Sitting there right for you, man. An opportunity. This is a big opportunity. Early in the season, I get it, Big Seth. I know Big Seth's like, man, it's only week <laughs> two. It's week but two. You imagine he, he's being got up, his charger ready to get out of here you already. Imagine being up. I'm so focused on Las Vegas. <laughs> he's gone. He's on, the, he's on the Las Vegas. <laughs> I, I'm over it, fellas. But could you imagine, though, with a 2-0 two, two leading the division right now on those guys? That's huge, bro. What's the old Harvey Green, Don Shula? I don't deal in hypotheticals. I'm not going to deal in a hypothetical situation. The, the Dolphins are not 2-0. and They're 1-1. and Can I imagine it? Sure. But, I can imagine but, it. Our point, but right, that's our point right now, though, Seth, is that they should have been more focused and dialed in to be 2-0 this week, and they, they obviously were not. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. We're not, we're not talking about the result now. We're talking about how well, they I mean, should have the came out and played this damn game. I'm saying how they should have came out and played this I game. I agree with you 100% on that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100% on that. I don't know. Did, did, there was a lot of talk about watching what happened last year, the way the season ended. I, and I, I, I don't want to question those decisions because it's so – well. Hell, it's a post-game show. I guess it's what you do. But it's so easy <laughs> to sit here in hindsight and just be a backseat driver. But was there so much focus on the way they got beat down last year that they came out here pressing and expecting to do something and then it didn't happen? And then you get punched in the mouth and you're down 14 nothing, and all of a sudden you start to say, here we go again? I don't know. I don't want to believe that's the makeup of this team. I certainly believe it's not the makeup of this coaching staff. That's right, not something right. that Flo is going to stand for. So, I, to, to me, if you want to know what this team is about, let's see how they respond. Yeah. I, I think agree. that's the biggest thing. Uh, who in the world wants to lose 35 to nothing ever? And certainly not to a divisional rival and certainly not to one that has had your number. But how do you respond to it? At one and one, I think they're going to be okay. There's an opportunity to make this a really great season. But how do you respond? No, I love that point. And let's go to Juice. How, how do you respond after a game like this? We've, we've talked about the film afterwards and the, and the Sunday night, and you just go right over to the facility and watch the tape. Luckily, we're across the street. I can see it from here right now. So it's a quick drive over there to get that done. But how do you actually move on throughout the course of the week? What do you want to see from this Dolphins team this week in their media availabilities, in their practice, and finally on their game on Sunday? What do you want to see from Miami well, going let, into week three? Uh, yeah, let's keep it 100 real quick here. First two weeks haven't been very good for us. We got away with a win last correct, week, right? Correct. That this was the theme of the show, right? We right. got the win. That's all we, we got care the about. win. Remember, we talked about that. So even week one wasn't that good. Week two was even worse, obviously, because you got an L at the end of it. So there are a lot of corrections. I think that was the main thing that they had to talk about last week. They've got to continue along that this week. But I think the biggest thing is that we've got to get solid on our first five up front and, and make sure they're set to go. And then on top of that, you know, working with these group of guys. How big was the Will Fuller in-out situation going? Uh, how big was that for us this week? So many things, but every team deals with stuff like this. You, next man up mentality is what X was talking about when he's talking about Jacoby taking over Tua. So these guys have to know how to go out there and be professional enough to make their own damn corrections as well. These aren't 12-year-old kids, not high school kids. You know, these are professionals. So whatever you did wrong today, if you did the same thing wrong last week, then we've got a problem with that player, you know. So right now it's all about watching film. They've got the game film right now. They've got the sideline. they got the end zone copy right now. Take their asses home, watch it, and see how they can correct. So how, how – how do you think this team, or how in general do you think distractions can play a part? Because this is a team that, and you know, this is one of the things that I always get upset about with reports or things that come out. Is like, can we just have a week where it's all kumbaya and we're all having a good time? Because like it, throughout the course of the offseason, there was all these trade rumors, all of these, you know, don't believe in the quarterback situations, which I never bought for a second, but it just wears on you as a fan, even as someone that works for the team. Do the players start to feel that with with both the, you know, and I'm not going to even to to validate it because it's not a thing right now, but the Deshaun Watson trade rumors and then also Will Floor this week. Does that stuff eventually start to wear on you? It, 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 I mean, honestly, it shouldn't. It, it, it didn't affect me one bit. You know, all I was concerned about was my game plan. I had to worry about different game plans. I had to worry about special teams game plan, kickoff return, punt return, as well as all five positions. I, had, I played all five positions at wide receiver, you know. So I'm, I'm focused on what I have to do. You know, that's the reason I wasn't one of those guys sleeping in meetings. I wasn't late for anything. You know, I got too much work to do here. And it's so much easier for these guys to be prepared now. If I wanted to watch film, I had to be like Zach Thomas. Zach was there morning, noon, and night, but he had to watch in the facility because you couldn't take it home with you. Right. You know, these guys have no reason not to, not to be prepared. There's not one move that defensive end can make that I haven't seen on film over and over again because I can watch it in my bed before I go to, before I go to sleep. I can watch it in the morning while I'm eating breakfast before I head to the facility. Then I'm going to watch it all day at the, at the practice facility. There's nothing. You get so much work at home if you take it. 
professionally like you're supposed to to get that work done. Well, that's the bottom line, right? You know, and all the things you're talking about, Travis, the reality is that's great for us. That's great for the people at home. We live and breathe on Twitter and, you know, what's on, uh, on the podcast. We want to hear drive time. We're going to listen to the fish tank. We're going to, you know, read all the, the articles and all the different newspapers and everything else that's going on. These guys need to put their phones down, need to turn their televisions off, and just really kind of get insular and focus on what's happening in that building. They say it all the time, right? And so, you know, they need to kind of speak that into the universe and make it true and really just focus on, uh, on the Raiders. I mean, that, that's, that's what it comes down to. Because if they do listen to all of the noise, it could become a problem. It could become a problem. But to Juice's point, these are professionals, and it's, it's great. You're in full control of the situation. Just turn it off. Yeah. Don't, li- don't read the papers. Don't listen to what's going on on television. Don't turn on talk radio, unless you want to listen to WQAM, of course. <laughs> but, but realistically, those guys, we can, afford, we can afford those 53 guys not to listen to the radio, and everybody else can listen to it. They just need to focus on the film, the game plan, the Los, Angeles, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And at the end of the day, there's still a one in the loss column. It's one loss, one game. The season's far from over. Got a long way to go. 15 not games the left. Dunk down the <laughs> Doesn't matter here. how pretty or ugly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no style points it. counting. There's no BCS system, none of that stuff. <laughs> one and one is the situation right That's now. It. Tied for second place in the AFC East. So with that said here, I'm going to go ahead and put a wrap on this show, and hopefully next week is a little more fun to put talk wrap about on this week. that game. Uh, the Drive Time Podcast coming your way this week, all five days this week. We'll have a recap of the game, which you can listen to as well after this uh, radio program here. And then we'll also break down the tape and get on to next week onto the Raiders. So plenty of stuff coming your way on Drive Time. Seth and OJ, what's coming up here on the Fish Tank this week? Well, if you haven't caught John Alford all, it was a great episode. Yeah. Johnny O was fantastic. Anthony Harris was a Dolphins linebacker who played, uh, I think, 96 to 99, Jimmy Johnson era. Uh, maybe not the first guy that you think of, but Anthony was a great interview. Oh, One of the best voices that we've ever had in yeah, the fish tank yeah. and has some incredible stories, so definitely download the fish tank. So plenty coming your way this week on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, and we also have the debut of our Instagram live show coming up on Friday. Go ahead and tease that out here for you guys. So Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, the fish tank with Seth and OJ, drive time with Travis Wingfield. Check us out on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro Solano. Our studio producers, Robert Grieper, Matthew Wilson, and Danny Garcia. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray. For O.J. McDuffie and Seth Levitt, I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game was 35-0. Buffalo takes down Miami. Dolphins football will be back on the air next Sunday for week three. The Dolphins will travel to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. This has been the Fish Tank, the Miami Dolphins postgame show (laughs) on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.